Hello and welcome to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast, your spot for everything Dynamo. I'm your host, the Sinsky Man, and with me today is Zany Zach. Hey. Cool with a K, Kyle. What up? And the ever-elusive Emmett. Okay. We're going over the roller coaster win-loss week, peeping how our rivals are doing, and previewing the match away against Seattle. Scroggins couldn't be with us this week, but as Elrond says, such is off the course of deeds that move the wheels of the world. Small hands do them because they must, while the eyes of the great are elsewhere. So, gentlemen, let's move the wheels of the world by analyzing our Houston Dynamo. Kyle, it was a 4-1 home win against San Jose. Tell me about it. I will tell you about it. I will first note that your uh, Tolkien introduction quotes are getting longer, and I'm looking forward to the day where we get a, a, an entire paragraph, maybe a full monologue, um, you know, something from a lesser character, maybe. I'm just looking forward to the variety, uh, but I'm glad the Tolkien reference is back. I appreciate we had, it, Kyle. Yeah, of course. I missed you last week. Um, we had a thrilling 4-1 home winning in San Jose. There was so much that happened in this game. There were two goals within the first five minutes, one of them from Corey Baird, which is shocking. There was a like two-hour rain delay where thunder and lightning were striking all around the stadium. There was an image captured of lightning literally striking the stadium. It was insane. And then without no coincidence at all, we come back from the rain delay and Thor drops the hammer and scores two amazing goals. Like it was just a game that had everything. It also had a Carlos Acapo goal, which is just the most frustrating thing in the world because that guy got booed all night long for what he did to Tater Tot. And he still, still somehow found a way to get another, another crack at us. Um, but yeah, this is just a, a really, really solid performance. Another great home win and performance in front of the fans. And big shout out to the faithful that stuck around through the rain delay. Uh, my sister went to the game and left as soon as it started raining. So she is not a faithful and uh, no big shout out to her. What's the opposite of a shout out? A, a call out? A sh- a whisper down, yell down. I don't know. Yeah, whisper in. It's like a whisper in. Singing. So, uh, but yeah, huge, huge result and a really good cap on a string of good performances right up until the uh, the next game that we'll chat about in a little. Yeah, we get we can get to that later. Why don't we just bask in the glory of the four one victory? Uh, Agreed. Zach, I'm coming to you. Uh, Thor had quite the celebration. He points at his wrist, clearly wanting to know what time it is, or maybe perhaps he wants more time. It's his time, my time. What do you think about that? Is he is that a pointed uh, insult to Ben or something like that? Pointed, yes. I think he actually did point, did he not? Um, no, I don't know. It. I mean, it didn't have that vibe to me. I don't like this. I feel like the last time I was on here, I became the guy that was like dissecting um, like the Instagram drama with Sevis, and now I'm like dissecting another player's interaction with coach. But it felt like um, more like the kind of thing that comes after maybe they had a conversation at training that day or the day before where Thor was like, why am I not on the field more? And he was like, do something about it. And that was him being like, what do you think? Like, this is me doing something about it. Um, I don't think it felt like sassy. And I don't think I mean, I don't know. I guess I don't know Thor very well. We haven't had coffee in a while, but I, I don't feel like he'd be the kind of guy to do something like that on the field either. So it didn't feel, you know, 
pointedly disrespectful. It just felt like the end of a conversation that we didn't see the beginning of, you know, like him and Ben must maybe have been talking about this. And that was his way of saying like, pay attention, like two and five minutes, you know? Yeah. Or it could have been one of these. You're like, you're at a pickup game and you got a watch on and you're about to go and you're like, Oh, I can't have watches on. So he was telling Ben, Hey, don't forget my watch. You have my watch. It's in your pocket. You, you pointed at him just to make sure he, he remembered. All right. I mean, give me your real thoughts on this. Do you think, Thor should remain super sub or do we make him the sure starter? And I'm going to ask everybody that. Yeah, this is a tough one, right? Because it's not that tough to me, but it is tough. He had, he had two really good goals, right? Scored with his right foot, scored with his left foot. Mm -hmm. Very, very technically sound goals. The challenge is, is he didn't score until the 78th minute. So all of these players that had not been subbed out have been running around in a hundred degree heat. And so he had some space that I wonder if he would have had if everybody was well-rested or if he wasn't coming in in that super sub role. So it's it's tough to know whether he could have, obviously he hit them, took them very well, technically sound. I just don't know if he would have had that same space. Um, so, so to answer your question, I, I think I prefer the, I think I prefer the team that we rolled out with. I think that gives us a little bit more, flexibility i think it gives us the pace where we need the pace i think we saw that on the first goal where our striker goes to the near post bear sees realizes what's going on peels off of the near post run yeah. goes to the far post and then is there to to finish so I, I think that i think i think the team that we started is the right team to start what an interesting wrong opinion you have Emmett. it's been a long time since i've been able to tell you that uh that makes me happy. Kyle, what do you think? Thor, super sub or sure starter? I'm so torn on this um, because I'm a big Thor fan. And he leads our team this season in goals per 90, shots per 90, um, shots on target per 90. And it's it's not necessarily like that close either. Like he's pretty out there on his own. Um so when he does get time on the field, he's taking his chances. He's he's shooting the ball. He's getting into good, dangerous spots. Um, and like Emmett mentioned, he he's obviously can finish right foot, left foot this game. He had a header earlier this season, I think, in the Frisco game. So he's a good, capable goal scorer. And of the true out-and-out strikers, I would say, on our team, I think he's looked the most dangerous this season. However... He has looked the most dangerous as a sub. Whether or not he could reproduce that form, like Emmett mentioned, against fresh defenses, um, against against you know players that can track with him for the majority of the game. Like he's not the most mobile player, and this is exactly why we brought in Aliu. Yeah. Aliu is highly mobile. He just can't finish right now. So if we could somehow combine the two of them and create one really good player, then I think uh, we should go that route. But I, I also, I would not mind seeing Thor get some starting minutes and Aliyu floating out to the wing. I, I don't think that um, that would be a bad combination, whether or not um, it would pan out. It's hard to say. We haven't really seen it properly. That's a fair point. That is a really good argument, Kyle. You really fleshed it out. You did a great job. I'm, it's hard to argue when you talk so calmly and so coolly. Golly, I still think you're wrong, but I don't know if I'll sound as right now. Zach, go ahead. Feels like a trap. 
false dilemma. I don't like I don't like the term sure starter, but I feel like sometimes right. starter. He could be a sometimes starter. Um, you know, specifically a few days later versus Austin, I think it would have been cool to have Thor fresh legs on the field in the starting rotation instead of like the whole team that we fielded a few days prior. So I, I think he definitely deserves at the very least to be, to be our flex, you know, in a starting position, if not like the starter. Um, we I feel like we said that a little bit last season, you know, which it wasn't hard to feel like he was really great next to Sebas last season. Um, but no, I, th- I think, and you're right, everybody, I think Kyle really hit on it, that he's not like a, a workhorse. He's not the guy who's putting in the the miles the way that Aliyu is. But watching back the the goals that he scored against San Jose, I think it was the second one that he was just like wide open, right? Like when that ball came back to him, I mean, there were five defenders. All of them were like six, ten feet away. Um, and he just kind of trotted into it. He didn't have to do work to get there. It was a vision thing, right? Like he saw the ball go to Bassey whenever it came in, and he said, "Hey, I'm going to peel off my." He like lost his man, who followed Bassey, and he just kind of trotted over there into the middle of no man's land, and he was just there to take the ball. It was amazing. Um, yeah, I it think it's per- left- perfect pass by Hector Herrera. Perfect, perfect pass. pass, so good. Both and, both of those touches for him were so good. Yeah, and it was like I think that one from Hector was like a no look. Even like it looks like he just like looks down, the ball lands at his feet exactly where Hector wanted it, and he's just like pow. So I think I think Thor has vision, um, and I think he has a good understanding of how to do the thing that Sebas has kind of tried to do in the past, which is just like be there at the right time for the ball. Thor seems to be there at the right time for the ball. I like that. Um, I'm I'm with sorry Sinsky. I'm with Kyle though on on. I would like to see him sometimes start with Aliu. And I think that could be a really dangerous combination between the two of them. I appreciate the apology, Zach. I really do. (laughs) You are forgiven. Um, I, I want Thor to start. I think you're absolutely right. I don't think anybody is a sure starter in that striker position. Nobody is finishing enough chances of the meager chances that are being created. But I do feel like Thor makes the most of near chances, almost chances. He seems to... The header that uh, Herrera had, he got the ball in a difficult spot. He has to turn, lose the guy, puts in the cross, hits Hector. Hector puts in a great header. Keeper sees it the whole way, but it's on target. Chance at a goal. Uh, and then the goal. The goals, I should say. Um, the first one I was talking about is for the next game, but I'm getting ahead of myself. But in this game, Thor, you know, both goals were beautiful. But the curve banger is not from really where you're expecting to score from, you know, side of the box, harder to harder to get the angles and he makes it happen anyway. And I just, Kyle, you said it when you said that Thor is the most dangerous looking striker. He really is. He makes the most of difficult chances. You know, Aliyu has missed a couple that are like, Oh, that was it. And now Aliyu's new to the squad, still working his way in. He's getting a lot of minutes, which shows there's a lot of promise there, but you know, how many has, has Baird messed up? How many has Sebus missed in his small amount of time? So to me, Thor's the only one who's really making the most of the little bit. And I think that's critical in deciding who should start, especially when you've got a game three days later. Emmett, go ahead and recant. I was just going to say that the spots that he scored at, I think it's a healthy expectation that our whole midfield and attackers should score from that spot. He was wide open and he could have put it anywhere. 
He put it in a great spot. He took it very well. But I think it's fair for us to expect a goal from that location, from I any would, of our attackers or any of our midfielders. Or whether they do it or Daniel not. Stairs. I think he's going to say what I'm thinking. Go ahead, Zach. Or Daniel Stairs. That's all I'm thinking. You oh. got to add him in the mix because he often scores from those positions. Well, that's not what I was thinking. They're not scoring them. They're, I mean, that can be the healthy expectation all you want, but Ali's not scoring right in front of the goal. Um, Sebis hasn't got to score a goal this season, I don't think. Um, Corey Baird has missed or not taken 100 chances. So, to Thor, yeah, it may be the healthy expectations that he scores, but he did score. Who else is scoring? He's got three goals. That's the second most on our team in the league. Not not counting open play and his open goals. So that's insane to me. The only one who's got more is Bossy, who takes all our penalties. And we've had several penalties. Zach, I saw you raise your hand. Go ahead. Well, just again, he's he's getting those with tired defenders in front of him, right? Like you have to take the grain of salt that Thor is getting a lot of these opportunities in late game. So I, I'm not suggesting that he shouldn't start or that he shouldn't get more minutes, but I'm just suggesting yeah, but it might be like a Pasher thing, you know, like last year where it felt like Pasher was pretty good off the jump. And then when we put him in as a starter, it was like horrible. Yeah. But you, you got to think too early in the game, if he's connecting with our fresh leg players, Herrera, bossy, Quinones, Saliu, if he's out there, like, you know, the, those guys are the ones that are willing to work and make chances happen. And if Thor's game is just, be in the right spot and bury the ball. Those guys can make that happen for him. You know, that was, that was Sebas all last season. And I think Thor is a, is a more mobile and better finishing example than Sebas. So I, I just, I think the guy deserves at least a shake at, at getting a couple of 90 minute outings as opposed to these, you know, 20, 25 minute cameos. Sure. I, and I don't disagree that maybe there's an opportunity where you should get more minutes. But uh, Sinski, I, I think your stat of the second leading score is a little misleading because there's three people tied for for second there. Yeah, Hector um, Herrera and Corey Baird. How many minutes has Corey Baird had compared to Thor? How many minutes uh, has Hector Herrera had compared to about Thor? About a thousand more. About a, a thousand, thousand more minutes. minutes. That's yep. a lot of minutes. That's Corey Baird also, also leads the team this year in big chances missed. So it just makes a lot of sense to me to say, well, give those minutes to somebody who's obviously been much more efficient. Sure. I'm just saying, I think my my thought is, I think, sure, he deserves a fair shake, but I just don't know if he aligns with the, the tactics that we're trying to do. And I think that's that's the position where I'm putting my flag, right? Is I think Liu gives us the pace, the runs to do it, where I think Thor is a little bit more of that Sebis mold of poacher. Maybe he's in the right spot when we have the ball down there, but we could see how often we played balls over the top and... I mean, Aliu missed two big chances that he should have scored, right? Yeah. Both missed, left-footed. We'd love to see those. Those need to go in if we're going to continue to climb the table. But I'm not sure Thor's getting on the end of either one of those. I don't think we'll ever get to know if he's not getting the minutes on the field to prove it. Then we can move on from this topic now that I've obviously proven Thor is the man and should be starting. Uh, let's see. Next on my docket, oh, babyface Quinonez. Pat's talking about on the interview with Glenn, Pat Onstead, leader of Mission Control, the command center. He's saying that they're working to bring Babyface in permanently, uh, looking like it's going to cost something like 1.8 million pounds. Do you agree with that investment, Emmett? I know it. I 
I'm really interested in your opinion on this. I'm definitely not opposed to it, right? I think he fits the profile of the club, right? He fits the age profile, the the new the new recruiting profile that we're going for. Somebody that's younger, that has potential. He has some intangibles that are hard to teach. He's got speed. Seems like he's willing to work. Those are things that can't really be coached. Some of the technical ability, some of that stuff we can we can shape a little bit more, right? But some of those intangibles we can't really. So I'm all for it. I, I'm a firm believer in investing in the youth and watching them get better, hoping they get better, and hopefully they stay with us or we sell them for a profit, right? I think that's what Mr. Manager would do. And I, I do think that I agree. I'm on board with you with this. I, If he were to leave, if for some reason we did let him go, I think we're we're tearing this team apart because we need that pace out there to help. And I've said that before on this pod that Babyface's pace really has been a difference maker. He really put a stamp on the beginning of this game. Kyle, what do you think? I think you're right on. And I think to add to his his game, um, the San Jose game was a great example of his growth. So that left-footed cross he had the assist to Corey Baird was was like a huge example of something that he's clearly showing uh, where he's growing. Like that was that was not part of his game in the early parts of the season and the when did we get in the latter parts of last season. Really whenever we started seeing some minutes from him, like all he wanted to do was try to drive at people and, you know, kind of a, a Fafa-esque approach. Like sometimes it would pan out and a lot of times it wouldn't. This season, he's more successfully taking on players and now he's running into the right channels and delivering a quality ball um, on his weaker foot, no less. So, like, yeah, if if we have the opportunity to to make it a permanent deal, and he's fitting into the system, and the team likes him, like this is stuff like this, you know, I think goes unnoticed a bit. But when Bossy scores the goal in the second minute, he. Like Nelson is always right next to Bossy, and they're always ready to celebrate together. And I'm I'm such a big fan of this because they they seem like part of the core that Ben is developing. And if Nelson has two, three, four more years with this core, like he could become like Mikel we talked about last week. He could become a really quality player, especially if he puts a little bit of meat on him. You know, like he if he gets a little bit bulkier and can't get bossed off the ball too much, like he's gonna be a great player. Yeah, I wasn't on the episode where Manny said that he had bulked up. He still looks really small to me, so I need him to, I need him to keep uh, eating the meat and potatoes. And Zach, I gotta know from you: smart move, wrong move? Do you think that money is better suited elsewhere? Or do you think Babyface is the way to go? Uh, there's other money that's elsewhere that I would rather see freed up than to see Babyface go. I I like Babyface. I think. I mean, everything that Kyle Nemeth has said has been my impression as well, that he's always been a really good, like, progressive carrier, and he's becoming, like, an opportunity maker. And and I like that. I like I like what he brings to the game. I used to see him on, on the starting lineup and be like, mm, who couldn't make it that we had to put in babyface? You know, that felt like how it was last season. Right. But but he's he's earned his spot. I mean, I think that just the fact that he started so many times and has so many minutes this season is testament to that. And we already know that Ben is somebody who doesn't put people on the field who don't put the work in. Right. So, I mean, the fact that he's taken that place um, speaks for itself really. So I think he's, I think he's earned the, the trust of making an investment like that. 
I really like how you said there's money elsewhere that can be had by letting other players go. That's a that's a big point. We might get to that as this pod progresses. Uh, normally, we would do Ben's bestie of the week after the second game, but the second game did not go the way we would have liked it to go. So Kyle made the executive decision, and we all agreed, even though it doesn't matter because it's an executive decision, that we are going to do Ben's bestie right now. And since it was his decision, Kyle gets to go first. Who is your Ben's bestie of the week? Well, I appreciate the that, Sinski. Um I have recognized my executive role on this podcast and I'm stepping into it, you know, main character summer, as they say, um, I am going to give my man, Amin Basi Ben's bestie of the week. I think him setting the tone early with that, you know, cheeky little goal. Also, by the way, I absolutely love when professional players make the most fundamental mistakes that they tell you when you are five years old to stop making. Yes. Can we can we just appreciate that this dude whose I think name is Paul Marie plays an absolute duck of a pass across the box, not even like over the box, just absolutely rolls it right to Bossy and he cleans it up really well. Love to see it. Um, I like to see when professionals make mistakes like that. Like when mis- when they make foul throws, it's just like really funny. Um, this is one of those. So bossy with that, the through ball to Nelson to set up Baird for the goal. I think he just had a really good outing and I, I'm, I'm thinking he's Ben's bestie for this week. Interesting. Interesting choice. I, I like it. Uh, Emmett, who is your Ben's bestie of the week? So you guys are going to have to redirect me here if I've broken the rules, but I'm going to pick a, I'm going to pick a non-player. I'm going to pick Ben's Ooh. bestie this week is my Ben's bestie of the week is chef Pat for cooking and the transfers and bringing in solid players. Cause this man cooked all off season long and brought in quality, quality players. And we're, and we're reaping the benefits of it now, right? All of the players that we're talking about that are continuing to show up, that are continuing to put in really good, really good chips, really good games. They're all newer players, right? And yeah, one of you guys mentioned it earlier about the new core right? The group of new players that are there. Well, he had his, you know, he was a big part of that, bringing those players in. So I don't know if that's allowed, but uh, that's my vote. I uh, gave him a shout out for that on the last uh, Dynabros I did. I think my solo Dynabro. So not the last one I did, the second to last one, I guess. That's a really good shout out. And yeah, absolutely allowable. Ben's best friend doesn't have to be a guy on the pitch. That's wonderful, Emmett. Um, Zach, who is your Ben's bestie of the week. Uh, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit here and say Thor. Um, Best friends taunt each other, right? That felt like a best friend thing whenever he scored. And he was like, hey, pay attention to me, friend. Um, It's got to be Thor. Uh, Not not to say that... I mean, Thor has been dependable as a sub. Um, I think if we see Thor get minutes, we're going to have that conversation a little bit more, maybe. Um, But it seems like Thor's just clutch. He was super clutch in the San Jose game. Um, and they had their little their little banter thing. I really wish that the camera would have panned to Ben in that moment. Like everybody really wanted to be like, you know, camera shift. What did Ben do back? You know, I like to imagine we need, we need a just, Ben cam. Ben yeah, like, just showed I him his watch. Why are you asking? It's like, no, I, I have your watch. It's right here. Nobody, <laughs> oh, nobody. Yeah, that's right, that's right. He's like, stop asking me about your watch, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> just throws it over his shoulder. But yeah, Thor. I mean, Thor. Great answers. Really well thought out. Um, and this just in. Ben's bestie of the week is Thor. Two votes to one to one. 
Ben's bestie is Thor. He he's the only person who played well, I feel like, in both games. He scored the two goals when he came on in the first game, and then the second game when he comes on, we actually look like we're starting to play soccer, and it didn't look like it was Nagamura's team all over again. So I thoroughly enjoyed the performances that Thor put on, and I think our buddy Ben did too. His bestie on this sponsorable segment is Thor. That's going to move us on to the next match, a 3-0 loss away to Broccoli FC. Kyle, you and I talked about this. I want to get the other boys' thoughts. Zach, talk to me about this game. What do you think went wrong, and how are you feeling about it? I don't know what went wrong, because nothing that I've been able to think of makes sense enough for me to be the thing that went wrong that caused that game. Um, I think we're probably going to have conversations in this segment about uh, you know rotation and that people were tired. And everybody's going to say a lot of really smart things about that. Um, but it still doesn't add up for me. Like it, it really genuinely felt like I was watching, um, you know, one of those like moving movie moments where like the kid who's been getting bullied in the schoolyard is going to go up to the bully and like take him on. He has like that winning moment, except we didn't have the winning moment. Yeah, it felt like we were, yeah, slosty. <laughs> it felt like we were nervous. It felt like we couldn't figure out how to answer Zardes, I mean, like his massive like stride and height was kryptonite for us for some reason. Like he would hang back behind the defense on the back post and then he could just like take one massive step and suddenly he's wide open for a header. You know, um, we weren't ready for that. So I don't know. And it, it, and it seemed like a mental toughness thing, I guess, more than anything like that. The way they were playing, crossing into the box, being very aggressive setting up those opportunities. And then I think when Zardes back-to-back capitalized on it, it was just like, it, br- it broke everybody. I don't know. I, do, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for why it was so bad, but boy, was it terrible. Yeah, man. I think we're all kind of swimming in that same pool of how could we go from something so good to just all of a sudden it all fell apart in that game. Emmett, do you have anything to add to that? Any feelings? Any Maybe you have the, the answer. You have the key to the mint. I don't think I have the key to the men though i don't believe um but but i do think i mean obviously that i think we'll probably all agree that we had to have some level of rotation right especially we're we're talking about the middle of the summer we're talking about 90 minutes 90 minutes plus of going back game three days later whatever i think three days later yeah and the thing is, is it's hot enough to where they're giving the professional players water breaks. Like, why would we not try to rotate our squads a little bit if even the MLS is like, hey, it's hot. You guys need to take a break, right? And you have to wait an hour and a half before you can start the game. <laughs> exactly. So don't get I, I definitely, started. Yeah, don't, maybe that's what Thor was saying. He's like, we have to start on time. The games are not starting on time. That's uh, a two-hour rain delay we could have skipped if we started on time. <laughs> Uh, so I, I definitely think some squad rotations, the thing here, but you know, for all the, the flack that Zardes gets, right. He, he may not be the most lethal finisher, but he's crazy athletic. Right. And, and so I, I, I'm not sure we've seen somebody that size and that athletic. I think it was a good, um, it was a good matchup for our, for our center backs and for, for our defensive line to try to not only make sure that we stayed with him where he was going, but we took into account the athletic ability that he had to just get on the end of a ball, right? And use his head as a weapon and um, really continue the 
the plays that in previous times may have broken down, right? It's not often that our tour gets beat off the ball, especially when there's a ball in the air and it happened. So a good lesson for us. I think what we were really missing was Bartlow's face. The number of balls that have been knocked out of the box by his face, just astronomical. I haven't kept a count this season, but there's somebody out there who needs to make a Twitter account and just like every time it happens, here's another one and another one, DJ Khaled, another one, you know, just because it's all the time. And I, he, he can get in the air. He's a very athletic center back. I think that would have been the right choice. Maybe that's my sub and that's where Zach has already alluded to it. Emmett, you mentioned it. Kyle, what subs would you have made to start this game differently? Who who makes it into the starting roster that we haven't seen in a little while that maybe changes this up from a 3-0 loss to something a little bit more acceptable? Yeah, um, I think Bartlett's a great shout to start with. Um, Austin's forwards, you know, and, and Zardes and, you know, the other guys that are floating around the box there. I think, I think Bartlow has more of that if I if I'm you know remembering correctly, Bartlow's a little bit taller. I think he's slightly more capable in the air than Sviatchenko is, um, and I think he probably would have locked down and partnered well beside Mikhail in this game a bit better, and just rotated legs. Like Sviatchenko already started to look a bit tired in the San Jose game. Like let give the dude a rest. Bartlow came in after the rain delay. Like let him get you know a start, and. Um, and on that note, like we're coming off four games, four win wins in a row. Going to Austin and traveling there off of four wins and playing for a point, I think would have been the move for Ben. And just like totally frustrating and locking down Austin and making them really have to work for it. I think that would have been the move. And I think Bartlow would have been a great part of that. I think Caicedo probably would have really would have been a great part in this. I think Hector probably should have taken a rest in this game. And we could have gone to a very simple 4-2-3-1 with a pretty secure defensive approach and just frustrated the hell out of Austin and make them have to work for their goals. Instead, we are pretty open. We've got tired players and we concede two goals pretty early in the first half. Um, I, I just think it wasn't the right move for Ben in this game and he he gets it wrong. Emmett, I'm coming your way. What do you think? What subs would you make? Yeah, I think you're right, Kyle. I think there's a better center back pairing that we could have used, especially just knowing that we're coming off tired legs and how much of a threat Sardis was going to be in the air, right? Now, Mikhail's 6'3", so he's got a little bit of size. Um, Bartlow is is around the same size as Fianchico, but the challenge is, is Bartlow's, the dude's, he's just putting his body out on the field every time, right? And so I think that, that that's the benefit. The challenge, though, from... I'm wondering from Ben's standpoint is they've just won four in a row with a similar team. So it's probably this point of, do we keep the momentum going and do we say, Hey, we're going into Austin and we're going to keep it rolling. But I, but I agree with you, Kyle. I think this is where we need him to, to look at the team and look at the, the sort of mileage that we've got. Look at people like Hector Herrera, who is 30, whatever, nine or 34, 33, somewhere in the thirties, right. Of just saying, Hey, Maybe we do go a little bit defensive. Maybe we sit back a little bit and we just kind of defend and we make them come at us, right? So I agree with you. I think that's right. And it's a road game, you know? You're not really expected to win on the road in the MLS, but an embarrassment is something you want to avoid. But we have this Dynamo 2, Dynados 
team where that has a lot of young players who have got to be itching for first team minutes. And as congested as our schedule has been, I don't understand why we're not seeing some of these guys. Uh, Castilla, LaFleur, there's Indoye, there's so many. Uh, Gonzalez is putting on a show down in Dynados right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys who you could call up and say, hey, you're going to get some minutes. Maybe not start, but come off the bench. But Franco, he looked great coming off the bench. Maybe we start Franco in this game. Um, yeah, you know, I thought Franco looked good. I thought, and I thought, our, go ahead, Kyle. So I was just going to say, like, I think if we don't go three di- three nil down in that in the early in the second half, I think we're still in this game a bit. Yeah, you know, we we looked decent in the second half at times, and like you said, Franco look, got close. Sebas got close at one point. Thor had a nice free kick. Um, that had a cute little, uh, move to shake yeah. out there. Yeah. He was trying to, uh, trying to up that price tag a little bit, I think, but you know, like we had some chances in this game to, to bring it closer. Once we went down three nil, I think the boys were a bit defeated. And I think that's where if we had rotated a bit earlier, yeah. preferably at the start of the game, I think we probably would have seen a bit more life injected in, in this one. I agree a hundred percent. I just think once the subs came on, once we got our full suite of subs out there, we looked like more of a professional soccer team. People were running a lot harder. The The field was a little tighter. It just looked more like soccer to me, what I'm used to seeing from the Dynamo. Zach, I think I skipped over you. Who are you putting in to change this game? Um, I mean, definitely Bartlow. I, I've made the joke that we should have put in Gaspar because he probably would have just hurt Zardes and scared him, and maybe we could have avoided everything if he just like hit him with a clothesline you know, in like minute 10. Um, maybe even with, you know, a man down. Um, I, I haven't followed Dynadosis closely as you guys. Um, I know that we had a lot of success calling people up last season. So I would expect, I would expect that we could see the same here. I just think honestly, any rotation would have been helpful. And it seems like we've kind of been dancing around that talking about the subs coming on, looking fresh, seemed like our team played a good game once we had fresh legs any anybody, literally anybody. It just feels like that's the answer. It's just anybody. Yeah, I think Ben laid an egg on this lineup, and not like I think Emma made a good point. This lineup had been very successful four games in a row, and you you don't want to kill the momentum. That's a good point, Emma. I'm glad you're here to put that on there because I was ready to tear into Ben, but then you kind of made me think. Well, maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something else to it. We're gonna move on to just league news in general, stuff about the team and our rival watch. I want to start with Hector Herrera's post-match conference after the San Jose game. He had just got done putting on a show, playing it up. It was a great game. We looked incredible. And, you know, he got the two assists uh, off of Thor's goals. And he had a lot to say, specifically about the number of bodies in the seats at the stadium. And... He's wondering why we're not packing it out, why we're not supporting it. He said that he's seen it packed to the gills during, what was it, the Gold Cup? Or I don't remember which tournament he uh, specifically mentioned, but he's not wrong. I I went with Emmett to the Mexico-Honduras game the other day. Field seats is pretty incredible. And 66,000 people, you know, you can't hold that at the show. So... What's going on? Why aren't they showing up? Is he right to call out the fans for not coming in it? Sure. I, I think so. I think he, he cares about the team 
they're going out there, they're put they're putting out the effort. I think it's right for him to do that. I think he has yeah, I think he's got the right to do it, but but I also think reality's gotta set in and nobody's gonna not many people obviously want to go watch a soccer game in a hundred degree heat, right? There's just there's part of that. And the Dynamo have done a great job. They let people bring water bottles in. You know, they've tried to to be accommodating for people to come and attend. Um, but it's just hot outside, man. And for the longest time, the Dino have not been the most fun team to watch, right? I wonder how many fans are coming to watch the Dynamo or coming to watch the team that's visiting. So I don't think he's wrong to to call it out. That's not a that's not a bad point. I I too I think I agree with you that I think a player wants people to come see him play, and that's fair. But I also think you have to look at the last 10 years of this team or so where performances have not really been up to stuff. Uh, one playoff run, uh, an open cup run, successful open cup run. And, and yeah, things look really good this season. We could, we could win three different, three different pieces of silverware still, but I just, I wonder if he's right to say that when it's been 10 years of, ugh, you got to earn it, man. Zach, what do you think? I think you're kind of hitting on where my mind goes, which is that um, Houston, it hurts to say this sentence, but Houston has not been a soccer city. Do you know what I mean? It's been a rough, it's been a rough go of it with the Dynamo. Boo. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. It's been a rough go of it with the Dynamo. Um, I mean, you say nobody wants to get out in the heat and watch these games, but I mean, the Astros draw like 40,000. You know, they game. got a roof, man. I'm just saying, it like people sit outside for those games okay. too. That's it's huge, right? But that's because these other teams in Houston have a lot of momentum. Um, they have a consistent fan base. They have they get to ride a wave, right? To to maintain those numbers even during like uncomfortable seasons. Um, we're coming off of of just fumes, like the team running on fumes. So it's. It's fine, and I think it's acceptable for for Hector to say that it feels like the team as it is now deserves more. Um, but it's it isn't. It's not something that's reasonable necessarily to expect, given what we're coming off of with the Dynamo's record. Given, you know, all I mean, and Pat to his credit, you know, there's been all these front office shuffles. Like Lord knows that behind the scenes at Michigan Control, they're doing work. Right, marketing, arranging, um, you know, meet and greets with players and appearances, and trying to spin up something that can take advantage of like the momentum that we're starting to develop and capitalize on it to do something with it and get those numbers. But it, we're just not there yet. You know, this is a good run of a pretty good season, but it's the first time that we've been able to say that in a while. So it's not reasonable to expect that we'd have those numbers yet. That's all. And what a what a level headed take. I appreciate that. Kyle, let's get hot in here. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can if I can fit in some other kind of Nelly reference to this, but I'm not going to try it. So I don't um, want you to be a takeoff all your clothes night. That's not <laughs> yeah. that. No, means okay. So HH is used to playing in front of really large crowds, so I totally understand where he's coming from here. Um, but I want to touch on something that I think you guys you guys are hitting on here. It's, it's you know, we, we haven't been great as a team for the last 10 years. We also haven't really been great as an organization or a front office for the last 10 years. And yeah. if you guys, if you hear from longtime season ticket holders and you talk to people who have been fans for a long time, the organization has really kind of turned their back on them 
um, as far as like the season ticket holders had this kind of longstanding rewards point system where they could turn in purchases and, and season ticket, you know, um, fandom into points and rewards for that, you know, that history of being a fan and the organization, I think kind of like out of nowhere, just started doing away with that, or they, they took away the value of those points and, um, they try to reach out to their reps and they don't have any contact. And so I think you've just kind of had a lot of people who've had bridges burned for a long time and have just kind of just gotten that stress out of their life. And now they might be a casual fan or maybe now they're coming back to the team. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, we're actually playing decent and putting in good results and we're putting out good players on the field. And um, so I, I think, you know, HH is right. Like we should get people in the stadium. Um, but you know, there. I'm sure there's a lot of people like me that are fans of the team and have a family and children and want to bring them to the games, but don't want them to melt in the heat. Yeah. Like my two year old will absolutely not survive going to a Dynamo game, and uh, it's just like, and then I don't want to abandon my family, you know. And and uh, it's it's a tough balance. So we've got a, you know, the mesh seats are a great start. The mesh seats are going to get more people there. We need to do a little bit more to get more people back, whether that's make playoffs, win an open cup. Um, I don't know if we're going to get the supporter shield since, yeah, I want to be hopeful. And it, faithful can like you. it can happen. It can happen. Angels in the outfield. It could happen. But, you know, some, something else is going to have to to keep moving in a positive direction to get more people out there. And I think we're trending that way. So HH needs to stick around and, and see the uh, – you know, the come that, that come to fruition, but uh, it's going to take time. Two things. First off, it's very simple. I wonder if Hector Herrera has ever been in a place where there are four professional teams and one of those professional teams being football in America. You know, that's a big draw. People are spending their money on the Texans and they're having to spend a lot of money to do that. The Rockets, historically successful franchise, fun to watch usually right now. I don't know. Ask Emmett. And then the Astros, you know, looking like they're going to the World Series every year. I know this has been a little bit of an up and down year, but there's a lot to compete with. And then second, marketing is so bad for the Dynamo. And I would say MLS in general, producer Ian's probably giving me a hundred thumbs up right now, or he thinks I'm an idiot. But I'm telling you, I never see a Dynamo commercial except when I'm watching Dynamo. And I'm watching the Dynamo on MLS season pass. You know, of course, you got me. I'll be back next week. I do a podcast. But it's like how many people are casually stumbling across Dynamo, across Dynamo stuff? You know, Kroger did this, uh, this uh, promotion where you spend enough money, you get tickets. I don't know how many people know about that at all. And... Every time somebody gives me those tickets because they don't care about the Dynamo because the organization hasn't done anything to get them to care. And so, Kyle, I think you hit it on the head with the organization. And then second, I just think marketing needs to be better for the Houston Dynamo. I want to see them around town. I shouldn't have to go to the the back corner of Target to to find something that's a large child's Dynamo gear because that's all they got. Market better, Houston Dynamo. If only we had a marketing genius on this podcast that could help step in and save the Dynamo organization. I've been telling members of this podcast to apply for jobs from the Dynamo for two seasons now. And I Emmett just has his I, hands full with his current role. <laughs> as 
super director of Intel and all sorts of things, technology. All right. He like owns the internet. Kyle, I'm coming back to you for this next one because I think you're the biggest or most longstanding MLS fan on this podcast right now. Again, Scroggins, you're missed. Xavier Valdez, our dose keeper, called up for the revival of goalie wars at this year's MLS All-Star events. Recently represented the Dominican Republic. Tell me about how excited you are for <laughs> the revival of goalie wars, and do you think Valdez has what it takes to represent us well? He absolutely does. Dude is, uh, dude is a gigantic young person that is defending his goal very well. And uh, when he when he represents the dose, when he represents Dominican Republic, his country um, and just won his first, uh, you know, first team cap for his country. Um, so so big ups for him and goalie wars, among the other all star skills challenges that happen at the all star events is one of the best things to watch on TV as it relates to sports. The All-Star game itself will be very lame this year because a very lame team is traveling here to play against the MLS All-Stars. That is the Arse, and uh, we we don't care about them. But Goalie is Wars is going to be very exciting. No, no, Emmett we, doesn't get any time here. No, we, we can. And, we can. And uh, notice how producer Ian is also staying quiet because he understands. Um, goalie Wars will be great. And I'm I'm hoping for big things for Xavier Valdez. He's one of four MLS Next Pro keepers to be called in uh, to represent. So uh, super super excited for him. Kenny Bundy's speech announcing it to Xavier Valdez and the Dynamo Dose team was really cool. And um, Xavier Valdez got up and had this kind of like thank you speech. It was really awesome. So hopefully he takes it well and has a lot of fun. Next bit of news: Sebis on the move. Pat mentioned on Glenn's show that they're trying to figure out a, a resolution, a way for him to get uh, more playing time. And he also said he doesn't fit the tactics of the system, so he's not going to be getting playing time here. Where does he go? Should he go? That's really more my question. Yes. Zach, should he go or should he get more minutes? Yes, he should go. Um, he doesn't fit the system. And it's sad. And you're right. Um, I mean, you and I have been Sebas fans for a bit, I feel like you were just a Sebas fan because you like to troll everybody saying that he should get minutes this season when he's not fitting the tactics. But he uh, last season, you know, I was a big fan of him last season. I love to talk about him on the podcast last season. And everything I had to say last season about Sebas Ferreira was that our system didn't fit him. And if we were going to spend $4.5 million to bring him on and take a slot, that we should build a system around his style of play. And we never did that. Nope. And it's sad and it's tragic and it's not really Ben's fault. You know, he inherited what he inherited from a, as a roster. He built the team that he needed to build to work within the dynamic that he's accustomed to for tactics. And that's great. And we love him for it because Benny Ball is doing well. Um, it's it's tragically unfair to Sebas that he was brought into the team last year and Nagamura was not equipped to, to do anything with him. And that's really the reality of what it is, is we brought in somebody who I think would have been a superstar poacher if we could have just built a system that could feed him the ball in the way that a poacher needs to be fed, but it didn't happen. He didn't get those minutes. He didn't get that experience. He didn't get that notoriety. You know, we got a new coach, <clears throat> that new coach didn't want to build that kind of system either. So Sebas is just dead. He's dead weight. He's just dead weight. He's, he's probably a very quality striker with another team and it's not us. And it's a cut your losses kind of a thing. So that's, that's how I feel about it. I like Sebas. 
I was always impressed with Sebas last season. It seems like this is just kind of one of those, it's not you, it's me sort of things. And our system is working and he isn't part of it. So yeah. Now it is hard to move DPs in this league. And Pat mentioned that. And, you know, my heart is broken for Sebas. I really wanted him to come in and have a great year. I would, I, I think I still want to see him start with with Bossy behind him in the ten roll, feeding him the ball. I just think there could be something there. I feel like I feel like Seb Seb's made a lesson out of a little bit by Ben, and I question Ben's man management, but whatever. You said the system's working. We've won as many as we've lost, so maybe it is. Who knows? It's a very tight race. Let's move on. Quick rival watch. Emmett's giving me a look, and I don't want to let him talk. So, Emmett. We don't have to talk about Austin because we know how that went. What is a uh, Dallas looking like? FC Frisco. So Frisco FC, I know they lost to Austin. Um, still makes him the the second uh, best team in Texas because that will always be us. Um, but can we rewind just a second to talk about? I know you're trying to to not go back to this, but I just we have we have all the time in the world. Emma, go ahead. So you made a comment about. First of all, sure, I feel bad for Sevis. He came here, moved his family. I think it's right, right for him expected to to get playing time. He also made a lot of money. And so he's okay. And then also, I think we have Thor, which is a younger, more willing to run version of what Sevis could be, right? You don't think so? I don't think Thor scores as well as Sebas does. I think Sebas scored 13 goals with a bad team, and he scored one of the best goals in the league last year. Uh, it went up for a goal of the goal of the season uh, for all of MLS. I don't know if Thor has that in him, but I would love for Thor to prove me wrong. Would love. You talking about the one from midfield? I am against Austin. How See, that's kind of like plays, a false goal of the year stuff. Like, sure. He caught the keeper sleeping, but I, I, I just don't know if those are actually as technically sound as some of the other finishes that we saw that were also up for goal of the year. Maybe maybe a lukewarm take, but curious what Kyle thinks. I mean, definitely takes a, a bit of skill, but I think some of it is just more of the, oh, hey, the keeper's out. Let's try it. Uh, we saw that in the Mexico game, uh, actually, where a guy tried to do that, and he totally totally embarrassed himself with it. So I think it's, I think it takes a little bit of skill too to, to score from that far on a chip. Maybe I'm crazy. Kyle, you've been playing soccer your whole life. What do you think? I think there's a lot harder things to do on a soccer field, but I'm not taking away from Sevis's accomplishment. That was a great game. I was there. It was a great goal. Amen, brother. All right. Now, Emmett, I know you hate Sebas Ferreira. I do not. It's okay. I no, it's do okay. not. It's okay. You don't have to like everybody, Emmett. I know you're a two Enneagram, but it's okay. Okay. Don't... You just outed me for the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> you don't anybody have to want like... their party plan. That's me. Apparently I'm the, the best party planner in your group of friends. That's why I like Baird. That's right. We're just a bunch of, I love of, to just my wife parties. Anyway. Are we going to have a fun wrap up where everyone shares their Enneagram? Is that what we're going to do? That'd be pretty dope. I'm a three wing two. We can talk about what that means later. <laughs> I think um, I'm a 12 wing 13. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, bonus, bonus episode. All right. We are, we are off the mark. I'm going to, I'm making an executive decision. Kyle and I are executive producers. We're cutting the rival watch. Why are we talking about these loser Texas teams when we know it's all about Houston all the time? We're moving on. Let's talk about Seattle. We're going away. Kyle, give me the deets. Hit me. 
can do executive um we are traveling to seattle this saturday july 1st we are in july people that's crazy uh yeah. late game remind me. west west coast game 9 30 p.m start time our time here uh we're playing at lumen field and uh it's it might be a tough game uh, but it's a good shot at redemption we lost one nil in the reverse fixture at home which was the game where Bossy infamously got a red card and HH picked up kind of a classic red card. Um, so we we have a good opportunity to right the ship a little bit and and uh, try to pick up some points, but it will be a tough one to do so. Yeah, this is a big game, but we might be catching Seattle right at the right time, winless in their last five. Emmett, you think we can win this game? Yeah, I do. What's stopping? Um tired legs, maybe some poor rotation decisions. Uh, but I think the the other part that's that's cool to to know too is this takes if the the win here takes us above Seattle in the table, right? We already have a game in hand. They're in third place with 29 points. If we win takes us to 30 points. And I'm not a math teacher like my good friend Christopher Sinsky, but I do think that 30 is more than 29. And therefore that um makes us jump up the table. So that would be really cool. And like you said, Sinsky, I think they're they're coming off of a not so great back to back to back to back to back performances. And outside of this uh loss to the second best team in Texas, um, we're actually have been performing pretty well. So I'm hoping this will do the thing that we wanted all of those losses to do last season is to start the fire underneath these players and come out hot, come out ready to go to war. Uh, so maybe this will be the time it actually happens. So I'm excited about right. it. Uh, and, you know, the start time is 930. Uh, my good friend Krasinski has been on a mission to inform people that that means they probably start at 945 or 950. But either way, the game will be played. And mm-hmm. Thor, will, Thor will remind everybody that we're not starting on time. Yeah, check out his watch. All right, before we get to predictions, I think we need to let our friendly neighborhood Dinobot do his thing. Dinobot's prediction for Houston Dynamo versus Seattle Sounders. 16% chance Houston Dynamo win. 61% chance Seattle Sounders win. 23% chance the two teams draw. Dale, 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 Dynamo, and stay faithful. Okay, Zach, below 61% chance for Seattle to win. Are we that bad on the road? What is your prediction? Um... I'm going to, you know, I'm usually really ridiculous with these, but I'm going to be a little more sober. And I'm going to say this is a 1-0 victory. And and Ben plays the Benny ball, right? This is, you know, it's hard to imagine that we're not going to start the same lineup. Um, it's nice because they'll at least be on a week of rest instead of like three days of rest. Um, but I'd love to see, we kind of hit on it earlier with whenever we were talking about playing away at Austin, how it would have been a lot more our wheelhouse to play a defensive lockdown, you know, with some opportunity built into it. And I would love to see that against Seattle. I'd like to see us just kind of confound their attack and then, and then come at them with like Aliu on the field doing what he does and just sprinting. Um, I think, I think it's reasonable to expect we lock them out and see a one Oh, a one Oh victory. Emmett, do you think we can win on the road? Give me your prediction. You know, I really hope so. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yes, I think that we come out and we press them pretty hard at the beginning. I think we, for the first quarter of the game, that first game state, I think we press them pretty hard. Uh, I think maybe we 
we hit them on a surprise. Maybe we go up a goal. I think they'll score a goal. Maybe coming out of the first or the beginning of the second half, they'll score one. But then I think we'll find another one. So I think we went 2-1. 2-1, man. Okay, you think we're scoring two on the road. I love it. I love it. Kyle, give me your prediction. Tell Dinobot he is a fool. Um, I found it funny that Zach said he was going to be the sober-minded one here and then called us getting a 1-0 victory against the the best defense in the <laughs> league this season at, at their home stadium. Um, But we just did it against LAFC. Why can't we do it against Seattle? Why not? I think Zach is spot on. It's a 1-0 away from home dub and i think that aliu breaks the duck and he gets his league goal but oh let's go see i love it i knew i could count on you guys because unfortunately though i am the most faithful on this podcast i will not be predicting a victory even without jordan morris they've got the highest xg in the league 10 clean sheets you know they're gonna play well at home I think we're going to eke out a draw, 1-1. I think Zach's wrong. I think we're going to see rotation because he's going to say, you know what, I made a huge mistake against Austin. I should have changed a bunch of people out. So we're going to see Sebis or Thor start. is going to be on the bench. Uh, Franco's oh going to start, Sebis guaranteed. Um, we're going to bring up uh, Talon Maples from Dinah Dose. He's going to be in the def- defense with Bartlow. And, you know, maybe even LaFleur gets called up. Who knows? And it's just going to be a wild lineup. And it's going to be it's going to be difficult. It's going to take some substitutions to kind of right the ship because we're going to go down a goal. But we're going to get it back, I think. And either uh, either Sebis or Thor, whichever one of those guys gets the call, will be the one to score and tie it up. And I think I just think Sebis has to get more minutes. So that if we are trying to sell him, you got you got to have something to sell. You know, so there it is. There's a prediction, a one-one draw. That's what it's gonna be. That ain't no guess. That's what it's gonna be. If you can tell me where that's from on Twitter, I will be very impressed. Got no gifts for you though. Which takes us to the fun wrap up, Kyle. I know this one was yours. I want you to present it to us, please. Yeah. So this was a fun thing making the rounds on Twitter today. I don't know uh, if you guys caught the video, but there is a new hot on the market product called the Hot Shot. And it looks like the NWSL is field testing this product. And literally, I mean, they are on the field and they are being given this product, (laughs) which is intended to help eliminate cramps like within seconds. Um, And it seems to be a pretty intense product. And, uh, And by intense, I mean, they are ingesting it and like they have the most disgusted faces i've seen and they immediately (laughs) want to spit it out and it looks like a little five hour energy and it's just yeah but i think it's like straight tabasco or something i can't (laughs) tell um but it's maybe it's effective i don't know but you know we thought that based on you know that new trend uh we thought maybe we'd we'd check in with everyone here on what uh, what everybody's favorite method is of cramp resolution what's your system you have in place (laughs) okay kyle go ahead and tell me because honestly i don't know if i've ever really thought about my system i'm going to need a minute what is your cramp resolution system i've i've worked through this i i get cramps you know pretty frequently i'm I'm in my mid-30s and i still try to convince myself that i can play you know full field soccer it doesn't work but i try 
And so I got to have a good system in place. So you got to have salts by, you got to have salts quickly, you know, get them right into your system, whether it's a tablet or an electrolyte mix. Um, but I like to go the old fashioned route of pickle juice. You know, I just, I just have a jar of pickle juice readily available. Um, if I can get it in the form of a popsicle, I will have a pickle popsicle. Pickle pop. Um, if, if you can have like a frozen cube of pickle juice in your freezer, you know, you have an ice tray, fill it with pickle juice, freeze it, pop one of those in on a hot day. Man, that's the most refreshing thing you've ever had. Emmett, your face gone right away. <laughs> your face lit up. Are you a pickle juice man for your cramps? Yeah, I, you know, I guess so. I'm, 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 I'm not quite as active as Kyle is, but there were, there were multiple weekends. Uh, I remember spending in the summer heat playing soccer games back to back. And uh, our our trainer would have a humongous thing of pickle juice, and it was like this the communal pickle juice thing, where if somebody was cramping, they just take the big pickle jar and take a sip, and then put it back down. So, you know, there's no telling. <laughs> Not the most hygiene uh, <laughs> uh, conscious thing. Hey, but the cramps weren't there anymore. So yeah, I think pickle juice was the the preferred method there. Zach, remember that time Emmett said he's not that athletic and then went on to mention that he's got a personal trainer. Uh, what is your resolution? Back-to-back soccer games in the summer heat with my personal trainer? That, that was what you said. That's not what I said. That is. We all heard it. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, this is disgusting. You guys are disgusting. Um, I just tell my body, get in line and stop and just play through it, right? Like, I don't understand. Any of you feel like there need like what is a hot shot? What is pickle juice? No, just just deal with it. Grit. That's what that's my cramp solution. Just grit and willpower. Dang, let's go. Yeah, I don't get cramps. Don't tend to not do too athletic of things. <laughs> so so the only time I really get a cramp is when I'm at work and I pick up something and turn too fast, and then like this side of my rib cage like feels like ouch. And Which so, side point for the for the viewers? Yeah, this one right here, so everybody can see. Um, and I just like, oh, and I just pretend like I'm fine. My kids look at me and they ask me why am I so old? But you know, I do have this fun pickle juice story. I was working at a uh, AMC. It's a movie theater in Stafford, Texas. Fountains 18. Still got some some hookups there. They called me Mr. Amazing out there. Uh, and, you know, as I'm working there, one of my managers comes up to me and tells me that she's having a cramp and she needs some pickles. Well, we're all out of pickles in our boat, which is what we call the concession stand because it kind of looked like a boat in the middle of the uh, middle of the theater. And if you've ever been to Fountains 18, I'm sure some of our viewers have, they'll, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I got to go out to the back over by the ice cream spot and sneak and get a thing of pickles. Do you know how heavy pickles are? in a uh, concession stand thing though. It was like 40 pounds of pickles. I should have got, I should have got a cart, you know, but I'm young at this time, 18, 19, 20 years old, who knows? And I'm, I'm just waddling with this 40 pound pickle jar and I get it to her and she just like, yeah, just takes a cup, dips it in there and drinks it like straight, straight out of the, like, we haven't, we, we take the pickles, we put them in a pickle jar, right? You'll see the pickle jars on the counter. They don't come that way, but she just took a cup, little plastic cup and just downs those pickles because she's cramping at work. And but I'm just like so curious as to why she's drinking pickles. And here I find out this is a completely normal thing. Athletes do it all the time. 
So maybe, maybe she just pulled something while working. And, you know, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the pod or whatever podcast provider you use and drop us a favorable rating to help us reach new listeners. We love you and are grateful for you all. Stay faithful. Thank you for listening to the Dynamo Faithful Podcast. We are Chris Sinski, Manny Farcier, Christopher Scroggins, Jake Barry, Colin McGuire, Emmett Rumfield, and James Franklin. Dynamo Faithful is produced by Ian Gregory Graff with marketing and design from Zach Below. Dynabot is powered by predictions from 538 Club Soccer Predictions. Learn more at 538.com. Music provided by Alex Grohl on Pixabay. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dynamo underscore faithful and send your questions to dynamofaithfulpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay faithful. Uh, hold on, my brain's broken. I don't know his name either, man. That's true. We're all waiting for you. Pat Onstad. Chief. Chef. Asher Mendel. Chef. All right, I got it now. I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember how to say the word. My brain literally froze. Three, two, one. Muted. <coughs> Almost this got is, us canceled, is, boys. Yeah, this is the closest we got <laughs> to ever being canceled. We knew it was going to be you. We just didn't know which. <laughs>